Aloha, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Above and Away, the official Navy Region Hawaii Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam podcast. Once a month, we will be bringing you stories from across the base, stories on local events, base history, and everyday life of sailors and airmen. Now let's dive, dive, dive into today's podcast. Guys, just one question. Who let the dogs out? (laughs) Great question. Who did let the dogs out? So the reason that we're asking who let the dogs out is because on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about military working dogs. I'm Erin Huggins with Joint Base Public Affairs. And I'm Anna General from Navy Region Hawaii Public Affairs. I am GSE2 Perez, and I also work with Public Affairs. So... We wanted to talk about military working dogs on our podcast today because so many people have questions about them. I have questions about military working dogs. Honestly, this was a ploy. I proposed this podcast topic because I just wanted to go hang out with dogs. I think we all do. That's a a fair statement. So, Anna, you and GSD2 Perez, a.k.a. Boots, that's her office nickname, Uh you guys recently went over to the military working dog kennel. Right. Is there anything that you learned that you didn't know before you went? Well, it was good to learn the reason behind not petting the dogs. Ooh, yes. I kind of knew that prior to going, (laughs) but also they did have to tell me several times, don't pet the dogs. I always want to pet the dogs. Yeah. That is a thing. Um, Something I learned, actually, they have a Jack Russell Terrier as as a military working dog. A Jack Russell Terrier as a military working dog. Did you ever think that was possible i didn't no because you always think of like german Germany. shepherds right classic yeah or the belgian malinois malinois <laughs> <laughs> french enter french word right <laughs> so on today's podcast we're going to be talking about military working dogs we're going to be interviewing um several handlers as well as trainers i have a very important <laughs> interview towards the end i interview one of the actual one of the the one and only Paco, who is a military working dog there. That yeah. is, the, like, probably the best interview, and you will have to just stay tuned to uh, hear that intriguing answers I got from him. Yeah, the Paco, uh, Boots' Paco interview <laughs> is at the very end of our podcast, so you, uh, if you, <clears throat> you want to hear that, you have to pay attention to the end. <clears throat> a little bit about yourself and what is your job here on base? My name is Master at Arms Chief Michael Langhedig and I'm the Kennel Master for Joint Base Polar Harbor Hickam. Why did you join the military and did you always want to work with military working dogs? I joined the military, I I guess uh, I wanted to be a law enforcement officer. I wanted to be a police officer since I was very, very young Um, and I had hit a point in my life where um, I was too young to be a police officer for I was the state of California, uh, and but I could be a military police officer. So I figured it'd be a good chance for me to get some experience, uh, get some knowledge under my belt before I continued my law enforcement career. I did not even know being a military working dog handler was possible when I joined the military. Uh, it was a very new world to me. Uh, 
but I was intrigued by it from, from the very first time. Uh, the very first day I did kennel support at, at my local kennel, uh, I got put in the bite suit and got bit pretty good, and I was hooked from that day on. That's a good story. Um, what is your mission? My mission is to train dogs to make sure we have the most efficient combat and street-worthy dogs available, whether that's detecting drugs, explosives, or uh, apprehending suspects. Okay. Um, so what is the training involved with becoming an MWD handler, trainer, and how did you become a kennel master? So the training involved is a three-month-long school at Lackland Air Force Base. It's an Air Force-run school. So every every dog handler in the Department of Defense goes to the same school that's run by the Air Force there at Lackland. It's, uh, like I said, it's three months long. Uh, we learn everything there from basic animal triage and first aid to some minor animal behavior techniques and how to conduct yourself as a law enforcement officer when you have a basically a two-year-old child with 52 teeth attached to you all day long. Okay. So um, what's the difference between an MWD and other working dogs? Really, there's not that much of a difference at all. Our mission set changes quite a bit, uh, but we see that vary whether we're stateside or in a combat area. So when we're in combat areas, we operate under rules of engagement. When we're on stateside, we have more stringent rules, uh, you know, when we're dealing with citizens of the United States or citizens of whatever country we're in. So it's a little different uh, than outside law enforcement when we're in a combat area. But uh, a base police dog is very, very similar to a, a local like a Honolulu PD police dog. Okay, so are are there different types of MWDs? There are. So we have a, a vast, the, the DOD inventory is vast in what type of dogs that we have. So breeds of dogs, we typically use Belgian Malinois, German Shepherds, uh, and Labradors. You'll also see some Dutch Shepherds. Uh, and here at this kennel, we have a Jack Russell Terrier that is a... Uh, a ball of energy. I'll say. I'll say that it's a fun dog to work. It's a challenging dog to work. But every breed has their own specific traits that that amplify certain abilities. So, for example, a German Shepherd is extremely loyal. They have a very strong uh, pack mentality, a pack drive. Uh, that when they pair with their their handler or their partner, um, they they make very good teams in the long run. A dog like a Belgian Malinois is not so concerned with the person that they work with. They are concerned with the toy that is in the pocket. So a lot of times you'll you'll hear maybe some handlers refer to as Kong dispensers when they have a Malinois because literally all that person is there to do is give the Malinois a toy when he does good. Okay. Um, so when people are around at MWD, how should one person act? Not suspicious. Uh, no. So the, just act like you would around a dog that you don't know. So and really not just a military working dog or a police dog. Every dog can and will bite, especially if they're put in a position of fear. So whenever you are around a police dog of any kind, but uh, especially our military working dogs, don't make any sudden aggressive movements. Don't try to reach out and pet the dogs. We, we teach these dogs to protect themselves and their handlers with their lives. So if you reach out to pet a dog, uh, especially one of our working dogs, and that dog deems it as a threat or thinks it may be in danger, I can guarantee you that you will get bit. And our dogs bite very hard. So what is the process of training them, um, the dogs? That is, uh, that is a very long process. It's very fun, though. So we start out, we'll, we'll, uh, we will either breed the puppies ourselves at Lackland Air Force Base or we'll send out buying agents to Europe, uh, whether it's the Netherlands or somewhere like that or Germany, and we'll purchase uh, dogs from them. We then bring the dogs back to Lackland Air Force Base and they go through 
six to nine months of training where we teach the dogs everything from uh, how to detect odor, whether that odor is drugs or explosives, or how to bite it and hold on to a bad guy. So really the, the basis of all dog training that we do can be boiled down to, to two or three drives. So one of those things is a prey drive. That's a drive for a dog to chase and carry and pick up something. So every member of the, the wolf family, right, the Canis lupus family, they're all opportunistic predators. So we capitalize on that by showing the dog prey. So that prey could be me wearing a bite suit and I'm running from the dog. So when I do that with Joker, for example, uh, he sees me running. And at that point, all I am is a big rabbit to him. Like he just wants to grab me, hold me and tear me up. So we capitalize on that and teach Joker that he can't be beat no matter what. Every fight he gets into, he will win it. So we we start out with playing tug of war is really what it all boils down to. We teach the dog that it's fun to bite something. We play tug of war with the dog. We let the dog win. We make it fun and exciting. And we start out that whole training, that whole bite work session uh, when you're nine, nine months old, teaching you how fun it is to bite and tug on something. And we trans slowly transition that with some different tools and work from a little towel up to biting a guy with an arm protector on. That's very interesting. Um, do the dogs get stressed in the same way humans do? They do. Uh now, this, was, this is not a recent discovery, but we're just now starting to pay more attention to it. So dogs do develop anxiety. They do have fear. The difference is uh, my dog can't look up to me and, and say, hey, hey, chief, I, I don't feel good today. This is kind of scary. So we have to be experts in reading our dog's body language. They're nonverbal creatures, right? If dogs could talk, that'd be great. But all all we can do is read their body language. So we have to pay attention to their breathing patterns, their pant rate, how their ears are resting, uh, their muscle tightness and tenseness. And we have to determine what the dog is feeling. So it is imperative for us to make sure the dog is not pushed past the point of anxiety where they shut down and they can't operate. We always have to make the dog comfortable, make the dog win. That way, when we do put them in a place where it is high anxiety and it is high stress, the dog can push through it and win the day. Now, on a lighter note, do you have any funny story that you have as a handler or a trainer? Um, I guess actually it's been years, so I can say this now without getting in trouble. So when I was a young MA2 at an undisclosed base, uh, it was a nice sunny day in Southern California. I, I had to run inside. Uh, I ran inside to get a, a Red Bull, I think it was. Uh, so my dog, Yago, who is my my best friend, he was my first dog ever. I love this dog to death. I left him in the car. I'm just running in for a minute. Um, so Yago had found a way inside of our Tahoes. We had a sliding metal door, right? That divided the kennel from the, the compartment of the car. So I left the vehicle unlocked, ran inside, grabbed my Red Bull. I came out and Yago had decided that he no longer wanted to sit in the kennel. He would like to sit in the front seat. So I walked out of the gas station and there's my dog, Yago, huge black shepherd. He was 92 pounds, massive dog, uh, sitting in the driver's seat of my Tahoe, looking at me dead in the eyes. Like he was waiting for me. I walked out and he was just staring me dead in the eyes. So I walk over to get control of Yago. And when he gets excited, cause I'm walking up to the door, he turns over and puts his paws on the door, which in a late model Tahoe is where the door lock is. So Yago then locks himself inside the running police car. Uh, and at that point, I'm, I mean, I'm a little upset, right? So 
I'm in a public gas station standing at the next, dog sitting in the driver's seat of a police car, armed police officer standing outside trying to find a way to get inside this car. So uh, I ended up having to call the fire department to come get my dog out of the car. So uh, long story short, don't leave your dog locked in a car, uh, especially a dog like Yago. But yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting day, I guess. Very interesting. Um, thanks for sharing your story. Um, so what is something the average person doesn't know about being an MWD handler or trainer? Well, we're all in the military, right? So we're all on the clock 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But that is unbelievably true for a military working dog handler. So in uh, a setting, we, we have a dog right now that just recently recovered from surgery. The handler came in every single day, four times a day for the last two months seven days a week to take care of this dog that was applying medication, changing out some stitches, feeding, watering, walking the dog. So we really don't get days off. We are the sole caretaker of that dog. That dog's whole world is us. So uh, a lot of work goes into it. It may look like we're just walking around playing with our dog all day. I, I can assure you that is not the case. It is truly the most demanding job I've ever had, but it is also the most rewarding job. Well, thank you so much for your time, and um, we appreciate all your answers. Could you um, tell me your name and rank as well? Sure. My name is MA2 Reed, first name Julian. And where are you from? I'm originally from Nevada. How long have you been at uh, Joint Base Pearl Harbor, Hickam? I've been here for about a year and a half. So how often do you guys have to train the dogs like this in the yard? Uh, so in the obedience course specifically, uh, it's at least once a week. We typically come out here every day that we work uh, just to keep up on training. Um, so what you're seeing here is just basic obedience. We come out here every day and we advance our dogs as well. So we do other things that are not scripted in our, uh, our SOPs or our manuals. We don't have to stay uh, entirely to what our manual says that we have to do. We come out here and we progress our dogs and teach them new things. So typically every single day that we work. So we're, we're watching Chewy right now. And what, what, is, what is exactly that Chewy's doing right now? What would you guys call this? Uh, so this right here is called patrol. So uh, right now they're just doing some controlled aggression. He's uh, keeping his hand on the harness, trying to agitate the dog and get him to do a little barking and get him engaged. And then once the time is right, the hand, when the handler feels that he's uh, engaged enough, he'll send his dog and... Uh, get a bite. Um, so I'm uh, talking with MA2 Bolton. MA2 Bolton. Um, um, and where are you from? Uh, originally Los Angeles. Cool, cool. How long have you been here at Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam? Uh, I've been here shortly over three years now. Um, so can you talk uh, just talk about a little bit what you were doing just then so you're in just to describe you you're in like what I would describe as a bite suit yes. yes okay and can you describe like what your job is and what you're trying to do with the dogs here so task with the decoy the way I've been trained and taught 90% of patrol work goes into decoy 10% on the dog team so if you want to go and introduce a dog to a new aspect area new target areas leg back chest armpits so on so forth uh, you start from a basis, usually with the tug, or depending how high of a drive you have with the dog, you'll go straight into a bite suit with the back die initially. Uh, my job as a decoy in that aspect, basically, 
using the best of my abilities, lure the dog into the desired position we want, as well as keep the dog's drive up. Biggest thing that a lot of things that, biggest thing that hinders dogs when it comes to new tasks and everything is just their confidence. So if I can show a dog that you biting me in the right spot, that pressure, those teeth, it hurts so much that each bite you give me and each punch in you give towards the suit is gonna make me scream. The dogs love that. They see it as a joy, as a playful manner. But at the same time, we're teaching them a new task that can help benefit our mission in the line of duty. So you're out here in this bite suit getting bit. <laughs> Does it hurt? Oh yes, definitely. Uh, bite suit, depending on what grade of bite suit you have, this is a competition suit, allows more mobility, but with that mobility, you're gonna also feel more pain. Uh, it hurts a lot, but at the same time, it, teach you, it teaches the decoy or other handlers, whoever may be in the suit, the respect you should have for the power your MWD can possess. Nobody really knows what it feels like on the other side of the leash, but that person holding the leash should at least know the strength that that dog could put in the bite. So have you ever gone home and like, uh, has a dog ever like broke open the skin on you? Oh yes, um, it's part of the uh, job. You're not a really, you're not a real handler unless you get bit. Everybody's gonna get bit at one point. But uh, we do have dogs strong enough to go through the suits. I've had hands, arms, triceps bitten from dogs, feet. It's just part of that job. I mean, it's not, dogs not necessarily wrong, especially if we're already doing bite work. But at the same time, it just doesn't feel that great on the person who's getting those bites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome, thank you so much. Appreciate it. He's getting tired. Watch him. Ready? Get him! Hold him tight! Good boy. Good boy. stop moving. Next up, we leave the military working dog kennel and head back to the public affairs podcast cave, where we got to sit down with Staff Sergeant Freilich and Staff Sergeant Okala, who give us a little bit more insight into what it's like to be a military working dog trainer and handler. Hello, my name is Erin Huggins, and I work for Joint Base Public Affairs here at Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam. And today we have uh, I'm gonna, two and a half, three guests. We'll count John, military working dog, as, a, as an actual third guest. Um, three guests in the podcast studio today. And I'll have the, go ahead and introduce yourself, you guys. I'm Staff Sergeant Alcala. Um, I'm a military working dog handler. I'm, <clears throat> I'm John's handler. And... Uh, yeah, I've been here for about a year. So. Awesome. I'm Staff Sergeant Freilich. I've been stationed here for almost two years now. And right now I'm sitting in the military working dog trainer position. Awesome. And then uh, we have military working dog John. Can you tell us a little bit about military working dog John, whose pants you might be able to hear on the mic? Uh, so John is a six-year-old German Shepherd. Um, he's a single-purpose dog at the moment where he only detects for <laughs> explosives and explosive-type material. Um, but we're working on getting them dual certified, which is where he can do patrol work stuff and bite work. Uh, you know, the usual stuff when people think of canine and military working dogs. So. Uh, I wanted to piggyback off on John. 
Uh, as a trainer in the trainer position, we're really happy about the team and their progression they made. They even took second place in the obedience part of our canine competition that we had during National Police Week. So we're really excited to hopefully get this dog patrol certified as well. Nice. So you had, Freya, like you had said um, that you you you're waiting to get sent to um, training training course. training course. Yes. So what does that involve? What's like the 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 training to become? How long is it, and how do you become, like, a handler or trainer? So down at Lackland is where the school's at, and they just upgraded the program. So I'll be one of the first people to enter the new training program. Uh, It's about a month long. Um, We're obviously going to probably work very closely with the dog training school down there, uh, learn about the paperwork aspect of the job and how to fix problem issues with certain dogs in feedback off of each other and other people's experiences and then also the trainers experiences out there at Lackland. Okay. Anything else? Oh, I guess I can uh, I guess I can uh, elaborate on the uh, handler's course down there. Um, so once you become selected and approved to be able to go down to become a handler, you go to the handler's course. It's about 3 months long and uh, yeah, they pretty much go over all the basic stuff on what to do like pretty much how to hold a leash almost. <laughs> so but, I mean I would need that. I would yeah. I would need leash handling one oh one for sure. <laughs> yeah, so uh but it's a little I mean it's a little more than that, jokes aside. They tell you uh how to how to handle a working dog other than just a normal pet. And then they go into safety and um the veterinarian type uh deals with it, like how to treat wounds and and Certain stuff like that, like if you're in a hostile environment, like what to do in different different situations. So, what are some things that they didn't train you at, like your school that you got to the job and you're like, man, I wasn't ready for this. Like dealing with, like maybe like dealing with problem dogs, or you know, what are some things that you were kind of unexpected that you weren't trained for when you got to that your job and definitely dealing with uh, more aggressive dogs. So they don't really have a whole lot of them down there. And then the ones that they do have, they don't let the students mess with them because of the safety issue. But when you get to your new base, I know my very first dog, he was kind of more unpredictable and kind of known as a more aggressive dog. And, uh, I mean, you build the rapport with the dog and then you kind of, once you guys build the rapport, but on the leading of that, there's a lot of uh, little snapbacks between you guys so i know i've gotten uh gotten a few snapbacks from my first dog getting to know him so yeah yeah. what can you guys talk a little bit about the difference between a military working dog and let's say like a police canine working dog i would say the biggest thing that the public really doesn't understand is that unlike the police dogs they see in the public is uh we don't get to take our dogs home Mm. our dogs live in a kennel facility um so yeah, that's probably one of the hardest things with this job is that one day we will have to leave this dog if we PCS or anything like that. The dog's assigned to the assignment. Yeah. That would be pretty difficult. Um speaking of kind of like things that people don't know or or realize about military working dogs, how can you talk a little about maybe what how we should act when we see you guys? So it, like you're at an event, you're at like uh um, you know, you guys always come out to like any of the big events on base. Um, 
Yes, we try to do a lot of public outreach, so letting the public know how to act around the working dogs. Um, they're definitely working when you see us out in public. They're not there to be petted. Most of these dogs are patrolled certified, so please keep your distance at least five feet. Yeah. And definitely keep your children at a distance yeah. within five feet. Yeah. So we try to go out to a lot of schools so the kids know that these are not normal dogs. Yeah. It's uh, important not to pet the good boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what? how long is the process to train the actual dog? So you guys go to school and you're at the school for like a month or three months. How long does it take to train these dogs before they get to their like duty station or base? So we don't do the actual training ourselves. Um, we haven't been. You, there's a specific job for that. It's called uh, being a dog training school in instructor. Okay. And um, usually you're a handler for a certain amount of years, and then you have to apply for that job. You go down there, and then once the dogs get shipped out or raised old enough, they either have them down at Lackland or they get shipped from you know different parts of Europe to us because that's where we purchase the dogs from, and. Um, they get there around probably a year a year old, and then they train from you know anywhere from six months to around a year, depending on how the training is down there. Do the dogs get stressed in the same way that humans do? And can it can you talk a little bit about like do they get anxiety? Do they not eat? Do they act out? <laughs> uh, I could speak from experience. Most definitely, uh, the dog that I just came off of. He hates his kennel. So, uh -huh. like, when he is being put back up after a duty of work, he definitely shows a lot of anxiety and doesn't want me to leave. So, there's definitely some separation there. And he'll take out aggression on his water bowl. Oh, so Same. I do the same thing. <laughs> That's how, exactly how I act out as well. I've also seen where dogs, when we're traveling for TDYs or deployments, they'll sometimes not want to eat, like, their normal schedules. Yeah. One thing for sure right now is John's a little stressed out because he's just laying here. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. So. Like he is, he's just like, wait, why are we not working? I want to work. Like I think that yeah. those with these with these dogs um, is that they they do want to work. Like they're just like they're amped. Like they want to like get going. They're like why are we just sitting here? Why are we being lazy? <laughs> um, okay, funniest story that you have about being a handler or trainer. So. Um, at my last base, my last dog was a, he was a dual purpose dog. He was a patrol and explosive dog. Uh, he was a beast of a patrol dog. Uh, he was a probably 80 pound German shepherd, all black. Uh, and what we would do is we would have these certification, um, little courses that the other security forces members can do that aren't canine where they can put on the bite suit and they can, uh, feel the bite of the dog and, be able to understand more of what the dog does so that's kind of what we were working on and this one uh young airman he put on the bite suit and i told him to run away and he did this kind of weird shuffle backwards he didn't really run and everyone else uh that was watching were trying to yell at him and tell him to run which he he kept doing his little shuffle thing so my dog, my dog's a good enough dog to know where to attack at correctly. So I, I let him go, and my dog ran after him full speed, and he flipped him over <laughs> end over end. It was probably one of the funniest things I've seen as a as a handler. <laughs> so yeah, just full airborne this kid. So was it caught on video? 
No, it wasn't. That is and, unfortunate. Yeah. So after that, I uh, I started recording every single bite that I was that I was doing, but I never caught anything as good as that one. <laughs> so can you can you guys talk about anything that the average person doesn't know about being a military working dog handler or trainer? I would say, I mean, I hit it a little bit earlier, but I would definitely say, I mean, you people could imagine, but people don't really know how rewarding this job is. That's for sure. The biggest thing that I would say people don't know about our jobs is how rewarding it is to be able to accomplish something with a animal and then see the progression as you keep training it. Um, it would seem that it's like an easy task to do, but it, it a lot of it takes work, depending, especially depending on the dog. So yeah. Um. All right. Last question. Favorite thing to do in Hawaii. Hmm. Is that with our dog? Or? <laughs> it's just you. Just you. Um, I would honestly say one of my favorite things to do in Hawaii is that I'm lucky to have actually two retired military working dogs on my couch right now. And we love taking them to the beach. The water's warm year round. Uh, the salt water's good. You know, they love jumping into the water so and you just hanging out on the beach. You have adopted not one, but two retired military working dogs. Yes. I've been... Well... Technically three, but one have passed already. Okay, so you have um, three all together so far. Yes, and I've out of the two out of three I've worked for over two years. So that's old, awesome. Old partners. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys for coming by and talking a little bit about your careers, and uh, hopefully people will get it kind of a better idea of what you guys do, um, and maybe. You know, instead of just next time they see you and be like, oh, so cute. What a great job. <laughs> Realize it's a huge commitment that you guys uh, do. And like, you know, I think we all appreciate like the job that you guys do here. And um, hopefully folks will have like a little bit better of an idea of uh, what it's like to be a military working dog handler. And um, we'd like also like to thank John for providing some uh, more sounds in the beginning of the podcast than, than the than the end. Oh, wait, he's going to maybe make some more sounds here. Good boy. <laughs> and thanks to John. All right. Well, it's official. It's the end of the podcast, and we finally have the answer to who let the dogs out. And the answer is Boots. It was me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wanted to play with the dogs. <laughs> So, uh, what did you guys, what was, like, the, the thing that, like, you loved the most about doing today's podcast? Really just emphasizing the commitment that these guys put into these dogs and that it's a 24-7 commitment that they do. It's fantastic. Great work. How about you, Anna? Um, just learning more about what military working dogs do. Um, didn't really know much about military working dogs, but... Going through this interview, it made me realize what the military working dog handlers do on their day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, I, same. I I learned a lot more. I, you know, I thought, like, I always see the handlers and I see the dogs. And I'm like, that's the funnest job on base. And mm -hmm. then I didn't realize the commitment that right. they make to, have, to having to be a handler. And that's, it is 24-7. It's not you get to come home, come to work at 9 and go to go home at five it's so much more than that so a lot of stuff i learned today and i learned who let the dogs out i'm sorry <laughs> i had to and i hope you guys are ready for our final interview that uh, gse2 boots aka gse2 perez uh <laughs> did with military working dog paco we've we've saved it to the end so 
here it is. Thanks for listening. Hello, I am GSE2 Perez. Paco, I have a question. Who is your favorite person to bite? Yeah, and why, and why is that? Really? That's so interesting. That is fantastic. Thank you so much for all your hard work. Thanks for listening to Above and Away, the Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam Navy Region Hawaii podcast. If you liked what you heard today and or you have some feedback for us, hit us up on Instagram or Facebook at JBPHH on Facebook and at Joint Base PHH on Instagram. Likewise, if you have an idea for one of our podcasts, a story from the base or something that you think that we should feature on our show, hit us up and let us know. Thanks for listening. Bye.